Hello and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. Nick's not here today, so we got Sean filling in. All right, Sean. Good morning. How right, you doing? Man. Glad to be here. Any? What's the latest in the conspiracy circles? Well, I mean, the Queen died. Did she die? Was she in that coffin? No. I, no Good question. These these questions and more will be answered throughout the course of the show. But we'll also be doing taking your feedback, doing news punch. We'll talk about what we've been playing in the what you slay in section. Then we've got the main subject, which is going to be the sad history of uh, Dave Arneson. And then we're going to speak about your electro letters. Shall we do? I think we do. Feed my back. Feed back. Feed back. Feed back. Feed back. Let's feed back. Feed back. Feed back. So feedback. Morgan Ellis, he comes in with the first one. He says, the three T's continue to ask the important questions like, does lightning bounce? Um... (laughs) So, yeah, obviously last time we did an off-topic special where you were supposed to be on it, Sean. Then you called Hello. in sick. Yeah. And then you called me during the podcast, oh. interrupting it further, saying, I can, oh, mate, yeah, like, so you should have turned up. Can did, I, I can, like, come on. Did that come on. leave go through, though? No. Oh. You're not entitled to it, mate. Can I have some money? No. No. Because I had to slap up Spoon's breakfast, you know. It's AWOL, mate. He did buy us all the Monster Energy each. But uh, it's still no, not it, forgiven. Yeah, can't it can't come out of the uh, <laughs> can't come out of Patreon money. <laughs> I already spent it on uh, well Monster Energy actually. Um, so, but <laughs> but I think Monster Energy are going to shout us out in their next yeah, ad campaign. Big shout out! Big shout out! Give us some caps. Give us some of those caps. Um, I won't put a tattoo on me, but I might shout Monster Energy out of my win- window one time. Yeah, so, you know, if you're listening, Monster Energy, Sean is, is free advertising. Uh, so, the butt man, he says, just started the episode, uh, which is the last one, he says, but any episode t- that Harrison telling Sean, shut up, shut up, sh- shut up, near the beginning, is going to be a good episode. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the Fullmetal Alchemist of, of podcasting. Don't even know what that means. Uh, Polish Ogre, he says, I would never th- support theoretically beating the living piss out of someone, sending weird audio porn to your wife, but I wholeheartedly support using fake script of such porn for joke podcast material that may mock and resemble said weirdo. <laughs> also, such links should never be written on men's rooms walls. So we discussed the... In the last episode, we were talking about weird players, and of course, one of the players that I played with on a reg um, sent porn of himself to my wife audio porn to be fair so it's not it's not quite as bad but yeah so we're Bit not going to beat the piss out of him but we will put a few links on the bathroom walls now, as, <laughs> as we have we as we have found out right the fucking um the links to the audio stuff very rarely work you've got to be very persistent with it so if you're listening mystery man or maybe woman. use a different or woman <laughs> or other but let's be honest man uh yeah just um Maybe host it somewhere else. Maybe make it a podcast and we'll do a bit of cross-promo. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for feedback. Shall we do some news? Oh, yeah. News punch. Life-changing Dungeons & Dragons Lego competition. What? 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 So, uh, do you guys know about Lego ideas? Yes. Not just not just ideas about Lego. Yes. Okay. Good. It, uh, so for those that don't know, it's a website, uh, and that is it. 
see you next time everyone no um from what i can gather it's a place where people can post their builds and ideas for kits right only for the lego company to take the ideas for free and become richer now every so often right lego corporation this website will run a uh, competition funded by one of their collaborators with prizes to be won so for example the last one was lego cross target where they did a composition with target the shop the store in america what? and they asked builders to make a piece that encompasses what family means to them the prize right is that lego will sell your idea and you get it you get and guess what you get you the get idea, your idea for free the way they get your idea for free, you get in return the build. a discount. Nothing. Um, Wait, and not, you don't even get the build. You get fuck nothing. Well, they probably send you one of the free kits or like uh, a sort Surely of five percent discount like, code. The OG, nice the OG build, like build one in it. You know what I mean? The multi. Well, actually, to be fair, you would have already built it, so they don't need to send you a kit. Oh, that's oh, that's so, no, no. so thoughtful. So you get fuck nothing. Anyway, this time, right, you're in luck because Lego Ideas are teaming up with Wizards of the Bloody Old Coast and they're allowing you to do their design work for them. The prize, however, isn't nothing, right? By designing a Lego set that celebrates D&D's 50th anniversary, you win 1% of the net sales of the product. Which could be pretty big, right? But it probably won't be, though. Will it? No, 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 let's be honest. Yeah, but imagine if it was. Well, I tried to look up some of the profits on some popular individual sets, but I couldn't really find anything. But I, I've got an idea for a set that we could submit. Sean, stop chugging that monster. Concentrate, will you? I'm, I'm listening and chugging. Oh, sorry. Well, don't chug. People might hear the chug. Chug, chug, chug. Um, anyway, yeah, so I've got an idea that we could submit for D&D's 50th anniversary and maybe become very rich, right? Because they're a corporation, so they're obviously they're about the profits, right? So we sell them. Well, you just do a blank Lego board and... Cut your you, own. Yeah, so you just say it's a battle map. D and is all about imagination. <laughs> so you know D and D battle map. Further, you create like a box out of Lego, right? You create like this really nice box, like really nice, and then you just like put, really nice, and then just put fistfuls of cash in there or something. I'd say. Be... Yeah, but cash is not Lego. Anyway, I'm sure they would like that. But yeah, so, you know, you can design a D and D Lego kit. Like I, the thing is, I know Lego makes a lot of money, right? But I don't think that individual sets make loads of money. Like the Harry Potter ones might. Like the Hogwarts one, right? Star Wars does. Yeah, but, but then they're, there's they're, but then they're, they're all different like sets though, aren't they? I imagine yeah, that yeah, they, they, they people, I don't think one D and D one's gonna make loads shit loads of money. People buy one and then they go and buy loads of others in it. It's more like that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's exactly. only gonna be one D and D set ever. So the one percent on that is probably gonna be like under a quid? Under a quid. Something like that. Idiots at that. Wizards of the Coast make a product for idiots. So we don't really talk about collectible card games on this podcast, but that's our other podcast called Card Bastards. But I just <laughs> wanted to mention something that caught my eye as I was browsing, well, stealing news for, from other websites. So Wizards of the Coast uh, own Magic the Gathering, right? And as we all know, uh, but and we all know that, but peep this, right? It was recently the, the 30th anniversary of the card game, and so Wizards released a celebratory product creatively named Magic the Gathering 30th Anniversary Pack. Now, no. these packs are $1,000. Fucking why? For a box containing 15 packs of cards, right? Wait, are they, are they a standard set of 15, or are they just a, a... So, I think what it is, is they're like, they're reprints of classic cards, right? 
Uh-huh. Some rare ones, but there's 15 of them for a thousand quid. But that's not all, right? So as anyone who's ever busted open a Pokemon card knows, the backs of the card, right, in all these games, they have to be the same, because otherwise your opponent might identify which cards you have. Okay. For some reason, only known to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Crisp, these 30th anniversary cards have a different back, meaning that they aren't tournament legal, meaning that they're pointless. So if you want a bunch of useless crap for a thousand dollars, it's yours. Oh, mate, I think I'm going to buy that right now. Well, because I think, I think that... Um, Do you reckon they tried to stop people from using the original sets in a way? Uh, well, yeah, because I guess some of them are, like, super rare and they didn't want to upset the balance or something. I don't, I don't know, but it's baffling. And the thing is, is, if they can't be used in a tournament setting, I wonder if it, it, they'll ever be worth anything anyway. So, probably, in fact, lowered the original ones' prices now as well. So. No, because the, 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 yeah. those ones are still, with the originals would still be usable in tournaments. So oh, yeah. they're still the same rarity as they ever was. But yeah, uh, what a load of absolute shite. I think that's um, that's a bit fucking mental, that is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They're, gonna, they're also going to bring out a 30th anniversary D&D box set made entirely of Lego. <laughs> but you have to buy the book separately. Um, Wizards of the Coast, uh, in other other news, are um, handing out like after after school packs in in the USA. That where they're going to, they're going to roll out after school packs of D and D stuff. But that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So they've done two stupid decisions. One good one. Yeah. So I wanted to balance it out, really. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's but better than them handing out guns. They probably are, but they're like mage staffs and all that instead, isn't it? Yeah, I bet. To, let's be honest. D and D is more dangerous than guns. Oh yeah, because it's satanic. It, it is. is. It's it's satanic panic, man. Exactly. It's a fact. Should we get into what we've been playing? Yes. Yeah. What you slaying? So, uh, black hack. This is by a man called Something Black. Whose name I forget. But yeah, so I'm doing a West Marches type campaign, monthly uh, campaign, with, um, yeah, well, for those that don't know, West Marches is like rotating cast of characters. It allows for people to drop in, drop out. It's all about player led exploration based gaming, right? Um, so I, I basically heavily, stupidly heavily inspired by uh, Dungeon. Man, what's his name? Professor Dungeon Master. Um, I've been doing my own version of Keep on the Borderlands with uh, and doing a West Marches thing using the Black Hack. And the Black Hack is like, well, it's it's, it's old school D and D again. It's B- BX D and D, but it's just uh, very streamlined, stripped down, and has a lot of cool tools as opposed to a lot of over the top rules. But yeah, um, I, I, I very much enjoyed the first session. Did you, James? Yeah, man, it was sick. Did you? What did you like about it? Um, I just like how um, it sort of flowed. Like you say, it's, it's a player-led adventure type thing, and I, it really had that perfect feel to it where we sort of just busted up into um, a tavern, you know, typical place where it had loads of uh, odd jobs. Called The Slut. Yes, that was a good name. There's some good names in this. Um, and it was just nice to be able to um, have a selection, but um, also like a physical selection, because Harrison printed uh, stuff off and made it look all old and that. So it was quite nice to have it. Yeah, so Sean, they get to the uh, this keep on the Borderlands, believe it or not, 
and uh, it's like the world has been fucked and monsters are everywhere and this is like one of the last safe places and the characters meet because they all happen to turn up at the same time pay the toll and he says one of the keeps uh, guards he says that we homelessness is illegal here so you need to find somewhere to stay by the end of the night otherwise you're getting chucked out and you can go out there with the wolves and that yeah and um, so they go to the notice board and I've made like uh, well they're not all quests but like the notice board will have various things in it so there was a guy like advertising himself for hire there was um, a guy who's been creating chaos in the actual keep that the guards are after and can't seem to get their hands on um, a woman's son has gone missing um, somebody also needs them to go and collect uh, sort of deposits of moonstone which is like drugs from the uh, side of the walls of also, some of the local caves yeah and there was also some uh, graffiti on there Yes, yeah, it was, and it was like Shelley, thou art a slag, and stuff like this. Yeah, it was but really nice. It was good. It was a good laugh, and essentially, this came about because uh, Nick, when he comes down, he obviously he's moved away, right? He hasn't been gaming. That's a fact. He hasn't gamed in a long while because uh, yeah. he cut off his alien campaign like a chump. Did you see? I've been posting in the Discord for that. No, man. I've been like, Nick, when is episode three? Nick, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a year, hasn't it? But yeah. Um, so he, he, we were in the pub after one of these records, and he's like, do you know what? Uh, my wife said that we should do... Do you know what my wife said, right? She was like, oh, you got to <laughs> She said, um, she suggested that after a record that we play an afternoon game once a month, right? And we get a campaign going. And I was like, yeah, and that's a great idea, Nick. Uh, well, what do you think you'll run? He's like, well, actually, I was hoping you could run it. And I was like, well, <laughs> thanks a lot, mate. But yeah, I chose the Black Cat because it's it's a uh, simple one. I think it's very loot-driven and well... Um, suited to a game like this with yeah. you can turn up pick a different character from the pool if you want um and the leveling up is really simple to where if you uh, in this case if you pick a character and play them twice they get an advancement well and you hadn't uh, played it yet because you got it at uk games expo i got it at uk games expo because our alien game got fucked and we were supposed to go back and play it in the hotel room but we got really drunk played mario party and ate a kebab instead it was fucking sick oh, it was, yeah. well, it was, was well good best tasting kebab you know but yeah i mean one one of the highlights for me is that the in the black hack box set which is the one that i got it comes with a bunch of really useful shit so it's like um let me see it comes with like the little spell books so you've got all the spells in these tiny books and they're all just like one sentence spells uh, it's got all the character sheets in there it's got these drop die drop rolling tables so for example Sean when they would loot a corpse um, I put uh, it's just like a bit of paper you put it on the table drop a dice onto it and then the number and the location it hits means something yeah. so it might be like if you if you get five or six that's usually treasure if you get a one to a four then you usually get that in coins but they got a bunch of stuff I can't even remember what it was but like they found a bunch of weird stuff like a pickled head in a jar and like shit like this oh that's cool so yeah it was a very good laugh and uh, the, the way they've made the classes is kind of cool because um, thieves for example they have an infinite supply of knives just on them like if they need to pull out a knife any point during the scene then they've got one yeah, it's banging that they're so they not like, need to like go and pay some money at a town to like. They're the one thing that doesn't have a usage die associated, so you don't track ammo. You just have a usage die, and then you roll it. If it's one or a two, then you go down to the next die. Mm. If you run out, then you then you need to re up basically. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it's a really good idea because it means yeah, you don't have to track it. You just at the end of uh, the turn, 
you do the usage roll and then see if it breaks, basically. But also, oh, Nick, cool. Nick, the if if uh, the way they do um, sneak attacks for thieves is pretty cool because it's like if if Nick is hidden, then he he just hits and he rolls two d six plus two for damage, mm. where usually you roll a d six. So he's he's like really um, really enjoying playing the thief. And then we've got there's a guy called Pryor who is our cleric, and they're pretty standard. But James is playing a warrior called Mumkar, right? Yeah. And uh, she's like, so warriors get this thing called Dealer of Death. So they get a number of d6s equal to their hit die per round that they can associate like like spread around to pit adjacent foes. So if he's surrounded by eight people, he can assign a D six to each one and then roll it with his successful attack. If he and and it actually worked out really well because as people were piling onto James's character, you were just fucking slicing and dicing left, right, and centre. It and sort it, of works out because it's like that sort of fighter skill where you have like you can like do quick slash and then you do like stab backwards and then it's like it, you know. yeah, it, from like if you like if you watch Conan or something like that, right? That's how he that's how he fights. It's never just he hits one guy, they hit no, back. Like you're going in there swinging like a mad cunt and it kind of means that well, most of the classes are sort of equal in that in that regard. But yeah, Black Hack is very good. I mean it's it's oh it's it's old school D D again. But I think it's uh, it's got some nice little changes to it, and well, those changes are banging because it just um, takes some of the crunching out, and it just allows and it you makes to it focus. more fun. Yeah, focus mm. on role playing and the story, and the fact that, say, for instance, you have those different um, abilities, um, like yeah, dealing uh, dice of death or dealing with the, the the thing what you just said, bad death, the bad death. Then it like yeah it makes it like well exciting and and uh, the last good. the last one I wanted to point out Sean I think you'll like this rule so is um armor right works that your armor has a certain value if there's any point where you would take damage so you, if you failed a defense roll you uh you can just tank that damage right you say I don't take the damage and your armor is knocked down by one point right oh that's that's good yeah. and then yeah, so you got like nine health you get hit for eight and then you choose to use your three points of armor and then you just knock one off to make it two okay. yep and then and then uh, the, when when you get a moment so it's like any point where you can you know take 10 minutes you roll you get a dice for each uh, armor point that you've knocked off and you roll it and as long as you roll over the armor's initial value uh you repair that point of armor so it's like this ongoing thing where you're sort of always patching together your armor by the end of the session if you know, you've done it plenty of times, and your armor's like basically all duct taped up and shit like this. It's very good. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, so you, you don't, you can just try and do it yourself, um, as well as going to like you can't. Can well, you, go, you 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 could probably just go and get it repaired. Yeah, yeah, but but like within combat, combat, you're yeah. like oh, yeah, that, that is cool. That is cool. like if you're in the middle of a dungeon, yeah, and it's decent as well because you're quite um, your mortality rate's high because you're. Health is pretty low. Uh, let's talk about Savage Pathfinder, shall we? <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, almost died. So, um... Well, there's a question later on in the Electro Letters about TPKs, and we almost had another one. So, Savage Pathfinder, we've been playing it. it we, we've spoken a little bit about the system before, um, how it emulates the Pathfinder high-powered feel within Savage Worlds. Sean is... Sean's like looking a bit, looking a bit shifty here. because He knows, he knows what we're going to talk about. So... We we've gone sort of uh, back to sort of very classic fantasy for this campaign, which is fitting. And Sean's yeah, you're running, you're yeah, it's great, it's great. So what what's what are you what's going what are you on? Getting at? What are you, what's no, it's great. No, no, it's just um, 
Yeah, I mean, so we've been. I've been playing T Bearer, who's a torch bearer. Uh, James is Ruddles, who is a dwarf barbarian, who oh, we've yeah. given basically any magic item or armor or anything like this that, that beefs up toughness or damage. We give it to him. Yeah, so he's 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 madness. And then we had Cy Thatcher, who is a fighter. Anyway, we've been playing together, and we we have said like this is one of the best cropper three characters we've ever had. The the um sort of the way that we have a hierarchy among us and shit like this like it's been awesome and we're trying to track down these um elemental crystals that have recently started to uh, get infected with evil anyway go to do this um water crystal and the whole thing is, is there's this there's it well sean why don't you explain the scenario here with a water crystal okay so basically the uh the there's been like a power struggle in this massive sort of city for a long time uh, the water crystal uh, is now being used by the the worst gang in the whole city to control the water so that the citizens will then have to pay them for water. Somehow they've gotten um, the power to use the water crystal. Uh, these guys had to go in and retrieve it, uh, but first talking to the mayor, trying to grease the wheels, and then trying to go and get all the cops back, all the splinter cells. Right, okay, right. You're yeah. veering off. And nobody's going to know what you're talking about at this <clears> point, <throat> but that's essentially it, right? Gang sort of the crystal. The mayor, he tells us to go and get it. Yeah, so we you shut got, up. You got, shut up. You got going like, Silence. reunite shut up. the police Sean, force. Shut up, Sean. Police yeah. force. Shut up. Yeah, and we decided to reunite the police force by taking down the gang at the same time, right? Uh, anyway... Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. So um, anyway, we, um, we 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 hatched this amazing plan, right? And I mean fucking amazing, where we were trying to lure them to a laundrette because these people they had a um, a protection racket going, and uh, and the laundrette was one of them. So we set up an ambush whereby I was going to lock the door behind them because my character is a thief. Uh, James, you were hiding in a pile of washing. Yep. And then we're going to jump out, right? Yep. And start killing people. We had Cy Thatcher hiding uh, nearby as well. Boss comes in. First move. Sean says, right, he's going for the explosive shrug. No, no, wait. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. Because you guys had a really good plan. And it was going really well. Um, so he mm -hmm. came in through the door. Um, he, uh, The woman who owned the laundrette... Um, he, he was lured through into her room and then these guys jumped him while his back was turned the other boys were outside in the back waiting for some sort of emergency to go so down. anyway the boss but, but they they managed to like shake the boss so he um he was on the floor he was nearly dead but then the other boys come in start a ruckus but then this is so yeah so shut your mouth unfortunately sean stop talking no wait, unfortunately, these guys, um, he gets up, the, the boss gets up, and he does an exploding shrug. Right, That well, right. so we need to explain that though, because Sean was like, it, it, uh, to demonstrate... Just like it's normal. Yeah, he just does an explosive shrug, right? He shrugs, But that's, that's how it was exp uh, like no, explained I'm... to us at the time. It's like, he just goes, he goes for the exploding shrug, and then <laughs> rolls for it. We're like, what is that? And it's like, this guy's so powerful... That when he shrugs, it causes like a like a, a explosion or something. Like and it was just like, and the thing was, it busted us, right? It busted us, and then we flew and hit a wall, and then we got hit the wall damage yeah. as well on top, and um, everyone was getting absolutely fucked. And, and, and let's be honest, your character James wasn't going to die. It's very tough. 
right? He's very tough. But you've still got tough. loads of... I was really diet, mate. Yeah, and he's on like 14 toughness or something. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, right, is that immediately after that, right, we lose initiative because we're out of bennies. We can't re-roll or unshake. So our characters are shaken, meaning we can't act in the next turn. So it goes me, other guy at our game, then it's the boss's turn again. Sean just goes, right, he's going for the exploding shrug, and he rolls it again. And it's like 9d10 damage or whatever. And it's just like... <laughs> because we're shaken and incapacitated, it's another attack on an incapacitated foe, essentially a coup de grace. Both characters die. And then he uh, and then um, just made that aware to Sean, and then he went, no! <laughs> yeah, the classic Sean noise. <laughs> no! Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, like two of the best character, two of the most fun characters that we've ever had. It was, it was oh, yeah. definitely like the best trio we've had at the table. Yeah, definitely. It was but, just one. It was the saddest funeral I think we've done. Ever. It's still going, mate. Still going. So, still going. Um, so yeah, we took a week off after that because you know it's going to be shit now, but. Uh, <laughs> you know, the thing is, right, is that the exploding shrug. It's like the manner in which we died. It was like almost insulting. Yeah, it goes for the explosive shrug. It was like episode eleven, yeah. isn't it? Something like that. And then yep. we just, you, well, you guys got killed by a shrug. Uh, yeah, so we buried my old character, and one of the storylines, well, my character's backstory, was that her, that his wife. Uh, there was a really messy divorce and she got everything he was a lawyer but now he's a torchbearer anyway um, his wife and her new wife had uh, sort of indoctrinated his uh, to my character's son right so they were like you know brainwashing him saying oh your father was a nobody this and the other but actually she's the bad person anyway don't read into this listeners but in this fantasy game uh my son saw me on TV and realised that I was a hero and so he came back to go and meet him only to find out that he's dead and that's going to be my next character so it's the torchbearer's son Little Bearer yep and he's like oh my my, my dad's dead I've got to avenge him (laughs) so um my current uh, my current like idea is to make him a monk right because he uh his mum is like really middle class and made him do yoga lessons (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's really good that's really good it does the job you know but I was thinking like you know like we Fit Trainer from Smash Brothers it's uh, sort of like praise the sun uh, <laughs> yeah let's get all the bad ideas out now yeah fuck you no it's a good idea well nah well, 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 monkey when magic Ninte- when Nintendo did it I mean the concept was good no but I mean like he uses sort of like yoga based moves like like down sim oh, right like yeah. down sim okay let's, yeah yeah do that yoga fire yeah do, <laughs> yeah do that please chuffy neck so yeah we got that and then uh, obviously uh, our the other player James Tomasson shout out to Buskus he is going to be playing an, a, a a fan um of Ruddles of Ruddles your character James yeah. who saw him on the TV and he's like a super fan he's got the posters he's come to our hometown to get it signed by him he's made he, he tried he followed us and he's he's just he's just behind where we are at the minute uh, mm-hmm. or where I am at the minute um, but yeah we actually contemplated when all of that happened just actually ending the campaign but the only trouble is because Ruddles is still alive yeah. we really we can't just let the world go into ruin so we have to do this even if even if the new characters aren't quite as good as the old ones 
We've got to, we've got to try, haven't we? Because you're yeah. still alive. You're... I, still, I still think they'll be. I mean, no, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's just going to be different, isn't it? But obviously, it's it's going to be good. And I, know, I, think, I think I think my new character's got quite a strong motivation, and it's grounded in oh, yeah. something we were all yeah. a part of. 100%. Do you know what I mean? So, I think that the um, hierarchy, if there still is one, would flip. So JT yeah, so Tabuskus with the fan, he's going yeah. to be. We get him to do all of our dirty work. He's right. Because it was quite clear that your character throughout the course of the eleven episodes gained a grudging respect for tea bearer and yeah. so you like his son like yeah you're well up for having him well, the thing is that he was very um behind closed doors um he befriended his companions or his uh, minions because that was kind of how we well, portrayed that, them there was that emotional scene where you thought tea bearer was going to die and um while he was unconscious you sort of basically said that you know like, you're like no you, you loved him but not in those words he was like he, he was a great man and then when I woke up I'm like alright I'm okay and yeah, and then you were like Shit, you didn't hear anything by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really good um, it's, it's a really nice uh, character developments but they're gone yeah, I am enjoying. Sorry. I'm enjoying the campaign though, and I hope that hope they continue. So, what we're going to do for the next bit is we're gonna we're gonna sort of cut to the recruitment of the new characters, and then we're gonna go try and go back and get the water crystal. But this time, we're gonna do it with a better plan, one that doesn't involve us being within a medium burst template of a shrug. Yeah, <laughs> with wall damage. <laughs> yeah, so probably I'm thinking sniping. Sniping, dynamite, you know, something like that. But I, I, I mentioned dynamite to Sean the other day while we were playing Splatoon 3. And Sean was like, um, Sean was like, you know, I don't know if dynamite would work on him, you know what I mean? And I'm like, who is this fucking guy? What is he? Fucking Superman. Oh, wait, what? Who, who, who won't dynamite work on? The shrug monster. The shrug guy. Oh, no, the only the reason... Bear. The only reason you can't really use dynamite is because the mayor of the, the city asked you to not use dynamite to... Like because that would sort of destroy stuff. We'll take his suggestion on board. Demolish things and that. No, we'll take his suggestion on board. No, we'll lure him out no, to like we'll a park tell or him, somewhere. Look, mate, he was oh, a shrug. Yeah. yeah, we'll look. It weren't dynamite. We'll just we'll we'll be like, we got this. We got this stuff for you. Like we got a deal for you. Come out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. His shrug killed two out of the three fated heroes of the killed, world. You killed the shrug monster. Like you killed the shrug monster. Oh yeah, that's right. Ruddle stayed in the end. You yeah. sliced his head off. I was gonna, I was gonna keep him alive. We were gonna keep him alive, and then uh, switch him back to be in the police force. Uh, but instead, I had a rage and killed the fucking cunt. Fair enough, though. Yeah. But still, uh, still, like one of the other gangs has got the water crystal, so we still need to go back there. It's probably going to be like an exploding sigh or like something like this. No, like, I mean, <sighs> but there will be a, there will probably be a civil war sort of going on now. <clears throat> yeah, but there are more important things than that one city, right? Because the whole world's going to be fucked. Yeah, but that that city's a part of the world. Huh? It is, but they can sort out stuff between them eventually. Eventually, yeah. We'll do our best to like help it, but we got to get the water crystal, mate. I think and by, like, by getting the wall crystal, you probably will help the city, though. There you go. We'll Fair just enough. flood it, and then they'll all die. Fuck it. Um, Two of every type of creature goes on a boat. Yeah. End of story. Um, well, yeah, so that's Savage Pathfinder. Uh, can I, like, ch- ch- <laughs> can I chuck in a couple of, um, like, well, vid- spoilers. maybe a video game... Like things. Oh, have we talked? Have you, you guys talked about Splatoon three? Didn't you? Yeah, on the off-topic oh, yeah. episode. Oh, 
Okay. What would just tell me what game you're going to mention? Well, I'll just just a couple. Um, I was going to. You're uh, going to mention that fucking racing game. That's not even close to being Sean Down. I how do I know read you so well, right? But it's so. Surely the only one you so could bring good. up is Xenoblade Chronicles, right? Have you played Xenoblade Chronicles yet? Not yet. No. Well then, fuck you. I'm going to play it today. I'm but really, we're, it, at the very least, if you want to talk about a video game, it should probably be. Be RPG related in some way, yeah. like be an RPG or something. Like Zen, isn't oh, it? So the car so car Splatoon game 3. that you no, I spoke about Splatoon three on the off-topic episode last time. I suppose you have to level up in it. You could have used that defense, but it wasn't. The but it wasn't even about RPGs that time. So no, you can't talk about your racing game. I'm not advertising it. Oh, it's so good. Though. Just say the name of it, and then we'll move on. There we go. All right, do you want, to, do you want to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bloop it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, should we do a main subject? Main. Subject. Magic. Main. Subject. Tokyo. Main. Subject. So Gary Gygax, right? That's a name that everyone knows. A name synonymous with our hobby, D&D, and nerddom the world over. Having appeared on Futurama and created the world's most popular role-playing game, he's one of very few RPG designers whose fame extends beyond the hobby. But we all know that it was co-created by Dave Arneson, and while Arneson is mentioned more and more in conversations around D&D's early years, he still has nowhere near the level of credit that Gygax does. So today we're going to have a look at the man, his history with D&D, and his contribution to the hobby. And the reason we're doing this right now is because recently some letters have surfaced where Arneson wrote to Wizards of the Coast after they acquired the game that he helped to create. And in these letters he applied for a job with them, oh. which is one of the saddest things ever. Now, uh, before I start this, I just want to say a quick disclaimer, because depending on which source you look at, sometimes the history, uh, including dates and what happened and things like this uh, is told differently and I'm fairly certain, I'm fairly certain I don't know for certain, but a little bit is that uh, some of the information in this may be even different to an episode where we've spoken about TSR's history before, because depending on who you ask, there are slightly different variations, but just bear that in mind, so with that, let's give a little background and get into D&D's often un- unsung hero, Dave Arneson so we covered on our episode the RPG that predates D&D, Gary Gygax, and uh, we have a lot, lot to thank him for, but uh, he wasn't ever the real brains behind D&D. People often cite Gygax's game Chainmail as being proto-D&D, but really Gygax was a wargamer back in the 70s, and Chainmail was nothing more than a set of rules for medieval skirmishes, often originally written by Jeff Perrin, then co-developed in later editions by Gygax. So at the time, right, Gaza, he ran a... Not, not Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> um, he ran a group... I'm, I'm playing some fucking chain mail, man. <laughs> he ran... <laughs> I think I've made that joke before, actually. Ran a group of wargamers called uh, the International Federation of Wargaming. And that had a subsection called the Castle and Crusade Society, of which Dave Arneson was a member. Now, the Castle and Crusade Society, of course, was uh, all medieval shit, and we'll come back to that in a bit. But in the International Federation of Wargaming, there was a bloke called David Wes- Wesley. Weasley. Wesley. Wesley. 
who was run Wesley Snipes, uh, who was running a Napoleonic war game by the name of Braunstein, set in a fictional German town. And the players, between battles, started exploring the town, scouting locations, visiting the doctors, that type of thing. Now, while Western gunfight in the UK was really one of the first instances of proper role-playing in the very early 60s, Dave Wesley was doing something similar around the same time in his Napoleonic war game. Now, it's difficult to tell if these games inspired each other, or happened to be purely coincidental coincidentally similar or what but it's possible that Wesley and the gunfight guys in the UK had heard each other because as we know Gygax was a subscriber to the Wargamers newsletter from the UK where the gunfight rules were published in any case our boy Dave Arneson right he put, he played in uh, Wesley's Napoleonic game and when Wesley joined the army in 1970 Dave Arneson went down to the castle and Crusade Club began running a me- medieval fantasy game using Jeff Perrin and Gygax's chainmail rules for combat and of course using a fantasy supplement too. Now, at this time, right, the group organisers decided to form something they called the Great Kingdom, uh, where every campaign group played in the same universe, right, and all the referees were in charge of parts of the game world, and this sounds fucking awesome, lads. It does sound pretty sick, to be fair. So the parts which each referee would take charge of would change as campaigns went on, right, different armies would clash, things like this. So they were essentially like... Each one was like a, the dictator or the referee of a certain part of the world. Which Do you have is, any data on how many referees there were? I think it was like six or seven, if I remember correctly. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds fucking. It sounds great. Well, it's good to know kind of the, the sort of the size of it. Yeah, and I think that. Um, I, I think that sounds amazing. I mean, you could do the same thing with role-playing, where mm. it's all the same world, and sometimes the characters will meet. Two DMs then sit opposite each other. And sort of like, well, they try and out rules for each other. Oh, that would be fucking funny. It would be fucking great. And it would just games, be like, what? Game, like, games already last long enough with, like, just the DM and the players shouting at each other. That's right. Too long. <laughs> uh, that mainly happens in your game, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> when you try to tell me how Clay Golem is a uh, is a wild card. I quite enjoy it. And then we start getting rowdy and pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're always trying to fuck us, Sean. Every time. And you're like, oh yeah, this Clay Golem's a wild card. Mate, you don't know his story. I mean, it was a blob and then it was a Clay Golem, but you know. But internally, a lot was happening. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of emotions when he turned into a, a guy. Um, but yeah, so Dave Arneson, right, he was in charge of the far northern part of this campaign world. And in Dave Arneson's fanzine, Corner of the Table which is what it's called. He mentions that his campaign was, as I mentioned, based on the Brownstein game, where players controlled one character instead of a whole army, and a bigger emphasis was made on exploring adventuring and shit. And to cut a long story short, in the second issue of said magazine, Arneson wrote that he would soon publish a write-up of the battles um, in his area of the campaign world called the Black Moors, right? Now, a lot of people are going to realise where this is going, but the Blackmoors became the centrepiece of for the North Marches that Dave ran, and the characters became more and more involved in state politics, character arcs, non-war-based shit, basically. And Arneson introduced XP, levelling up, character classes, and so on. Of course, Gygax was hanging around at the time, noticed this innovative RPG shit Davy, Davy Boy was doing, and leached on like he did with Chainmail, and the two of them began developing what was then called the fantasy game mm. I, can, I can imagine if they, if they stuck with the name the fantasy game probably wouldn't have done as well nah, not at all I mean uh, they probably would have got no, attention think... from the wrong kind of people yeah exactly it would have done really well but not in the right way 
fatal yeah. and that would be at the top, you know? Yeah, that would have been the standard <laughs> at this point. Which, you know, I'm all for. Um, on all fours? You, not with you guys. I'm on all fours. That'd be weird if it was with you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't play. No, you wouldn't play it. You'd obey. <laughs> so. It's my brother, man. Anus. Anus. Now, uh, they developed Dungeons and Dragons, right? Uh, G- Gygax and Arneson. And uh, Gygax is... Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, Gygax's daughter chose the name. Um, but anyway, the two of them started the TSR company and they made Dungeons and Dragons and so on and all that stuff. <laughs> but Dave Arneson actually ended up leaving the company in 1976, not because of any kind of drama, but he wanted to p- pursue a, a career in independent game design. Then, of course, Gygax released Advanced D&D and tried to claim it was different enough that Arneson should receive bugger all for essentially, you know, creating a new genre of gaming. And so Dave sued Gygax, right? They eventually settled out of court with Dave being credited as co-creator and also receiving 2.5% of all profits. Take note, Lego. <laughs> now, it goes without saying that a lawsuit and your prior business partner trying to fuck you out of a living would create a bit of tension, but in 1981, Dave Arneson and Gary made up. And while Dave had been making some Blackmore-based shit through his company, which was called Adventure Games, uh, he's not good at the names, is he? No. But yeah, he relinked Blackmore to D&D in 81. And that didn't last long, though, this nice period, because TSR tried to fuck him out of royalties again, and they sued them again in 1984. <laughs> yeah. Do you think um, the thing with the names, do you think it's like sort of like, you know, how like in video games, like games were just called golf, so the, this was like adventure game, because it's like so... Yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah, because it was like so, so early on. Yeah. Now it's like you get like Biden, Biden, you're the light, an RPG about magical girls or something. <laughs> but yeah. um Yeah, uh no. Hello. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, that's right. Um one other fun fact is that at a time uh, where Dave Arneson was trying to they were trying to fuck him, uh reportedly Gary Gygax sent him a picture of their new three point five million dollar offices. And what? was just sort of gloating about it. Uh, but there we go. Uh, as we've covered in our Sil- a Silver Princess episode, in, in October 1985, Gygax himself was also forced out of company, uh, which is karma, basically, when the manager, Lorraine Williams, bought the lion's share of the company and then basically fired him. And, of course, alongside this, Arneson's projects got shit-canned and he, too, left. Of course, 12 years later, after many terrible business decisions and some terrible products, the company was in more debt than a person who's in loads of debt, and uh, they sold the company to Wizards of the Coast. But all of this basically demonstrates how important Arneson is to the story of D&D, and in fact, I would say, right, that while Gygax is the one that got the fame and appeared in Futurama and all of that stuff, if Gygax wasn't there, D&D probably would have still happened anyway. Let's be honest. Because... He, he developed Arneson's ideas, uh, and he sort of developed Gygax's. Well, it's not even his ideas, it was just a medieval war game, really, right? I think um, Gygax was the businessman, though, wasn't it? It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, that, it, we pro- it probably wouldn't have been as widespread. It probably would have still been amongst old dudes that play war games for whom the camera real ale guide is like the Bible. Do you know yeah, what I mean? 100%, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, but nonetheless... The yeah, it wouldn't have been as famous. And now Arneson's story, right, it sort of ends there. At least his involvement with D and D does. Or does it though? <laughs> or does it though? Because you've read the title of the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't even know the subject. I said it earlier, you fucking mong. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> because thanks to the impeccably researched book Slaying the Dragon, The Secret History of D&D by Ben Riggs, which was published in July this year, some new letters from Dave Arneson, two Wizards of the Coast, have been discovered. In these depressing missives written in 1997, we discovered that Arneson tried to get a job at Wizards of the Coast as creative director for D&D. Now, if the idea of a man who created the game begging to be involved again is sad enough, but even sadder, right, we're going to have a nice deep look at what he wrote. And it tells a story of a man whose passion for the game never left, but also is a man forced into obscurity by circumstance and greed. So that's nice. Is this about the time that Hasbro bought Wizards of the Coast as well? No. When when was that? I don't know. It was was sometime in the 90s, wasn't it? It was, uh, uh, hey Siri, when did Hasbro buy Wizards of the Coast, please? Thank you. Quickly. It's doing estrus. Okay. I found this on the web for when it has broken. 2018. Coast, please. Thank you. What? Check it out. Shut up, Siri. 2018. So what? Okay. No. Shall I, I shall I cut that out? Yeah. Shall I bleep that as yeah, well? If that's all right. Sure. Never mind. I just I was just thinking in terms of like them trying No, to- relative, you know, relatively it's a short amount of time. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's only like you're only thirty years. years off or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, uh, with Dave's letters, right? Should we dive in? I think we should. The first one was sent on April eleventh, nineteen ninety-seven, to the then CEO of Wizards of the Coast, who goes by the name of Peter Adkisson. <laughs> and these were sent during the ne- negotiations of the buyout, basically. And before we get to the body of the letter, Dave's already made a fuck up. He's fucked it. Because he addressed the letter to Peter Adkins instead of Adkisson. Well, that's good. Yeah, so he's fucked up. And the letter starts thusly. Dear Peter, my heartiest congratulations, Peter. Obviously, with the recent acquisition of TSR, you are now head of one of the largest game companies in the world. Insert bad joke using the word magic here. How the mighty have fallen and the lowly have risen. And from all reports, still pretty nice folks too. Now... I don't know if you guys agree with me here, but it's not a great move to refer to the CEO as the lowly. Yeah. And all the spelling errors, right? It's not a good look. There's spelling errors all over the shop with this. Um, But after blaming the current TSR owners for the failure of the company, he says this. So what does Dave want? Referring to himself in the third person there. Ah, man, the best kind of people to do that. Well, and and this is it. This is a bold move, right? He says... Well, I would like to run TSR for you. If not that, then I would certainly like to be involved in TSR's operations and planning for role-playing games. In either case, I would do a wonderful job, and then a full stop, and then it just says, for you, without a capitalised F. (laughs) So he doesn't want to be brought on as a consultant or a writer. He wants to be in charge of TSR. And considering how bold a move that is, why did he phrase it like this? What does Dave want? I mean, it's not very professional, is it? He was probably like steaming when he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's absolutely like, just gone. Just like, like ever, si- ever yeah. since the acquisition of TSR, he's been you know drinking whiskey with a brown bag over it, like, yeah. lying in the gutter, and he's like, "Was oh, Dave one? <laughs> well, you tell me." And he's staring at. I'll do a wonderful puddle. job, but he hasn't even for you. He hasn't even stated the reasons why it'd be good. He just says he wants to 
shit being charged. Yeah, but he thinks price. his name alone carries the weight of everything. Possibly, possibly. Um, it probably should carry a bit more weight to be. Yeah, but do you know what? I think, I think, but, I think there's two reasons, right? As James correctly pointed out, he's drinking. He's in the gutter. He's uh, using it. How is he going to use a typewriter in those circumstances? <laughs> Second of all, I think it's probably that he wasn't the business guy at TSL, right? Not at all. This is probably how he wrote emails internally. It's probably how he wrote some of the stuff that needed to be corrected, even though it was obviously gold because it helped birth like you know the hobby but they had editors you know what yeah. i mean so <laughs> yeah anyway um so the last part of the one page letter ends with dave saying that he's not an egomaniac which i don't know why he asked the point I th- actually i think it's an obvious dig at gary gygax isn't it um, uh, yeah and says he'll listen to and in air quotes he calls it the suits like tsr had failed to do up and out up until now Yikes. and again he's referring to upper management in like a semi-derogatory but definitely unprofessional manage like manner like calling them the suits do you know what i mean yep but he's applying to be one of the suits. He's trying to be his suit, and he's writing to the suit. It's also very ni- very nineties. But he's what he's saying essentially is, I'm going to let the big boys deal with the business side of things. But he's asking to be put inside of the business, no, in, in charge uh, of it. You know, he 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 obviously wrote that terribly. He could have just been like, "Can I be part of what this is, please?" Because I've got a you know, I help create a long it. history. And then yeah. you're going to sign a job to me, or can we discuss? Yeah, yeah we, something like that. Just so like we've done it a bit like, better. We've only taken a few seconds. Yeah. yeah, but then then if printer ink is expensive, oh, it is right. Uh, you could so spend, I'd like to be part of the new might TSR. Well just buy a new printer. Um, hit me up. Maybe we could it's just have a boy. meeting and see where I would fit in. It's your boy Dave. What it's does your Dave boy want? Dave. Dave wants you. Dave wants you. Dave's coming down in half an hour. <laughs> see you then. Bring in Subway. Milk and two hey, sugars. <laughs> Bring in Subway. Oh, we're sponsored by Subway, by the way. Mm. It may surprise you guys to hear that Dave Arneson never heard back from Wizards of the Coast. And as a result, he wrote them another letter 13 days later. What? And this is, is that where, it? <laughs> yeah. Surely you've got to like, leave he's, it a few he's months. De- he's desperate to hear back, mate. And this is where he, he really goofed it here, right? Because once again, he spelled Peter Adkinson's name wrong and called him Peter Adkinson. Right? So let's dive into the next letter, right? Here's where it starts. Dear Peter, well, I told myself not to, but I keep thinking about TSR, etc. And so I started making some calls and gathering some information. And then in brackets, he says, call it dungeon wandering. Don't know what he means by that. Yeah, I know the deal is far from settled, but I can't help it. For the first time in a decade, it looks like I can actually get involved with D&D again. What can I say? I'm excited about it. Here is what I've come up with. What, is, what does he mean by dungeon wandering? As in he's wandering the dungeons by uh, finding out information. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it sounds or like he doesn't really know about his own games. Or he's living in the in the I mean, sewers. Well, I think he's referring to TSR, so he doesn't really know about the current iteration of TSR, right? Because he hasn't been there in like twelve years. Yeah. But uh, dungeon wandering, weird. Again, he needs to lay off the source. That's what it is. It's unfortunate because, you know, uh, like these days. Uh, he could have like done his own game and stuff and he doesn't need to be a businessman he can just go on kickstarter isn't it? and like it's probably yeah, wrong, these wrong time wrong time for him then, back then well exactly oh, yeah. exactly he's born in the, the wrong time period but anyway so as i said earlier dave had been out of the company for a while at this point and he's seen an opportunity right for the first time in 10 years his uh, his game was being injected with new life and as ben riggs puts it on his blog 
He says, this letter is Arneson's moment. He wants to make D&D for a living again, and he has to put points on the board. He has to do it with this letter now, but he hasn't even bothered to check his punctuation. Because what the listeners won't see is that his letter is full of punctuation errors, some spelling errors, and of course he's has got the wrong name on it, right? Which makes it even sadder. Yeah. But let's get into Arneson's plans for the company, because after this introduction, there's six pages of research and ideas, and I'll do my best to only show the important parts, because otherwise it'll be boring. Um, So he starts by saying, just about everything is dead in the water. There is no money to do anything. A good start. He continues, consequently, morale is bad. This will only get worse as time passes and nothing happens, because there is a deal in the works they're hanging on but some folks are already leaving now this paints a really bleak picture yeah and i'm surprised that wizards of the coast didn't cancel right there because they're like well the company's the company's fucked there's no money to do anything nobody's passionate about it anymore and so on but dave goes on to talk about the perceived problem with the lack of wholesale orders in the last few years and he reads thusly the headline he's put the cult of personality and once again, he, he's, he's using his signature move. He goes, okay, Dave is really going to start flying high here. Um, oh, right, because he's about to um, smoke that meth. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's, he has been bang on that type of stuff. Yeah. He's, he's not happy. He's actually writing. He, he, he keeps interjecting with the at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, Dave is really going to start getting fucked Whoa! up now. <laughs> That's why he refers to himself in the third person because he's having an out of body experience. Yeah. It's high man. <laughs> Dave's really going to stop flying high man. He's looking at a mirror of himself doing meth. Where you going, bro? Where <laughs> you going, bro? <laughs> Come back. Take me with you. One of the pro- he continues. One of the problems with TSR has been his absolute opposition to developing and promoting authors. Whether books or games, buyers like to go with known authors. They trust them more than just the publisher's logo. Just ask any bookstore owner. Same with the game store. And licenses are fine, but they can bomb as quick as anything when the game or book is not well done. Probably referring to Indiana Jones there. <laughs> Authors are considered to be more reliable. But he shoots himself in the foot with the next part, right? Where he talks about the D&D product line. And he says, well, you can certainly trim it a lot. Much will depend on what you want TSR to do, even if TSR will remain as a separate entity. The strongest part of the TSR line are its worlds and D&D. The worlds can be used by anyone, with a bit of fixing, doing RPGs. Okay, well, this is re- just remember the punctuation is really weird and all yeah. over the shop here. While D and D is is the wellspring from which all else has sprung, well, it is true. He puts in brackets. The TSR staff can start cranking out the magic and world RPG game almost instantly and do a wonderful job of it, assuming no fatal personal losses. I'm not sure what he's talking about there. Like what he's saying, just we we can make sort of a magic and D and D hybrid as long as nobody dies. Um. Yes, because everyone's uh, per- obviously perceivably doing meth with him. Well, and he's talked about people leaving the company. I I suggest he probably maybe he doesn't know what f- the word fatal means, or <laughs> he co-developed fatal. Um, oh, yeah. Now he's right, right? Because in a sense, the worlds were at the, the very least well liked and well received. I mean, they had Ravenloft, Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, Dark Sun. But here's the issue, right? All, and this proves that Dave doesn't necessarily understand the business side, and this is a bad pitch, right? Because these settings actually fractured the fan base and led to a loss of sales, because suddenly you had people who were fans of specific settings 
and not D&D as a whole. So let's say you're a Dark Sun guy, right? You buy the first box set, you love it, and so you wait for the next supplement for that setting. Meanwhile, TSR are releasing supplements and settings all over the shop, but you can't use Ravenloft shit with your Dark Sun shit. And there's also some other, you know, generic D&D modules coming out. But again, you can't use it with Dark Sun. So not without, like, altering it. Do you see what I mean? So so where previously you might have had your eye on that stuff, instead you're running your Dark Sun campaign and skipping over the shit you can't use or don't need. So when Dave talks about pushing the world more, I can understand why, because D&D basically started because of the creation of his world with the Blackmore shit. But uh, if I was Peter Adkison, what am I going to think when I see this? I'm going to think this guy's suggesting to focus on the very thing that destroyed the company. Do you know what I mean? He's clearly on drugs. He's done the drugs. He's high as hell. To be right, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything here. But I actually have quite a lot of respect for Dave Arneson. And oh, me too. uh, You know, R.I.P. He he did die. So. Um, so if any of his family are listening, we're not suggesting for a second that your father is uh, or son or to, no. your relation has done we drugs. We are only messing. We are only messing around. He did it about one time, and he wrote about it getting really high. And, and other than that, that you know, he's 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 lived a very wholesome life. Right. To total. He had one spliff. He had one, one spliff. He inhaled hashish. He inhaled hashish he had by one, accident at a party. Like, yeah, one tons of meth. Somebody passed, to, somebody passed him a little pipe. He didn't ask questions. And, and he only sucked concert, off the heroin. You know. He sucked off once. <laughs> this is deeply disrespectful. It is. I'm cutting all of this. Cool. Cool. So, another thing is, right is that Arneson's background was in computer programming, and he ain't a businessman, right? So I understand his ineptitude with all this stuff. Bear in mind, this is his application to be in charge of D&D for the people who make Magic the Gathering, right? Uh, But that brings us to the next section, and before you say this, Dave, RIP, again, sorry, I have a lot of respect for you, but this next bit is like mad cringe. So the the heading of this uh, part is computer stuff, and he says... He just starts it with a grammatically incorrect sentence and he just put, needs to be developed. Lots of potential here. Lots. TSR has been dumb about this from the beginning. Dave starts hopping up and down shouting, I can do it. Please let me do it. The electronic stuff does not have to be in the same location as anything else. Computers are very portable. Most programmers are only vaguely aware of the outside environment anyway, so they can live anywhere. It's a good one. It's a good joke. (laughs) The middle managers project leaders however are a bit different the good ones are worth their weight in gold now he is right right but there's two issues first of all right as the dave starts jumping up and down saying i can do it i yeah. can do it so, so maybe that's he where he should that. have he should have pitched that as his role in the company but he's gone for you know leader of tsr but also his plans for the quote unquote computer stuff he's not actually suggesting anything no, just saying develop stuff. Develop computer stuff. Because what does he mean? Online platforms for RPGs, video games, AI-generated dungeons. And secondly, Dave, my guy. Do you reckon he's um, saying that they move the infrastructure over to computers to make things faster, do you think? Well, he didn't write that, did he? He didn't write that. No, we got <laughs> I mean, you really got to read between the lines with this letter because he didn't write anything. He just said, look, we've got to do some computer stuff. That's like middle management talk. I agree, though. You you do have to do that. You've got to do something computer-based. But uh, Dave, you know, he's not an ideas man. He's more of a... He is the ideas. No, he's the ideas man. (laughs) But for some reason, that doesn't come across here. 
Um, but yeah, I think as I've mentioned before, the, the the manner in which is in which he pitches this stuff demonstrates like the humble beginnings of TSR and this hobby, because. As I said, I think this is probably how he wrote internal memos, right? Yeah. And, uh, and and he's bargaining to be a real big man in a multi-million dollar corporation, right? But he must have known. He was, part of him must have known that this wasn't a way to pitch it. But there we go. Um, there's a lot more in these six pages, but these were basically his main points, along with another section about the relocation of TSR to Seattle, where Wizards of the Coast headquarters are. But... What has he actually proposed throughout this entire letter, right? A, computer stuff. B, promote authors. C, keep pushing products that have proven to not work financially. Mm-hmm. So in six pages, he's actually said very little, and in a moment of self-awareness, he ends the letter by saying this. Finny. Okay, so I, have I said anything concrete? Question mark. Well, a few things, but most of these are just observations. Detailed analysis will have to wait the finality of the sale. Doesn't make sense. Then, some time will be needed to make a few basic decisions, like does TSR stay in Lake Geneva? And them, and them take it one step at a time. No point rushing into things without a look-see first. So Dave alludes to having some more concrete analysis about the state of play at the time. But he, yeah, but he was waiting for um, them to hit him up and say, yeah, you got the job, and then he was going to provide it. I've, yeah, like, I, so I've listened to your ideas about ideas, right? You've had some ideas to have some ideas. You've got the job, now tell us about your ideas. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's what he was hoping for, yeah. basically. But yeah, real shame. So um, yeah, he should have he really started with the ideas, not the idea about the ideas, because that would have really helped, right? Again, he should have just reached out and said... What's up? It's your boy. I know this. Yeah, maybe even just can I be a consultant on this because I can help you guys. Anything. But yeah, it should have just. But yeah, we got some vague ramblings, a promise of something worthwhile in the future. So surprising no one, right? Peter Adkison didn't reply again, right? And if I may propose a theory, the likelihood is that he saw the letter was addressed to someone else because the name was wrong and ignored it. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that maybe. is that is like uh, that's the end of the letters. What, um, how old was he when he wrote these? Do you know? Uh, no, but uh, hold on, hang on. Let me do some quick maths in my head. About forty. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I was going to see if he'd lost his mind. Um, well, no, it would have to be very early on sent dementia or meth. I was going to say it's very, oh. um, <laughs> it's it's very sad to see, like uh, you know how the company was when he was running it, when his company, basically, and him and Gary Gygax were running it, now he's faced with, like, begging a giant Begging to be involved in his game that he made. Yeah, but, like, from but a giant corporation. Terribly. It's just, like, you know, something totally different. Can you imagine, can you imagine, like, say, for example, this podcast got bought out by Joe, bought out by Joe Rogan. Yeah. And then we were like, Joe... Joe, come on, man. Come on, let Please, us please. I've got an idea. Computer I've got an stuff. Idea. I'm really high, or I'm going to be. Um, but Com- before oh. I give you the idea, if you give me the thing with um, com- computer it's usually, stuff. It's usually Joe Rogan. But then we say, we misspell his name like Joe Robin or something. <laughs> Joe Roblox. Joe Roblox. <laughs> Dear Joe Roblox, I've got an idea. Computer stuff. Oh. Hit me up. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's sad, isn't it? It's a sad state of play when he has to beg, sad. you know. Um, and you can see his passion for it as well. Which if only he was around a few more years, he could have like come out with something like DCC came out with, didn't it? Yeah, or D and D two. 
Yeah, yeah, like part but, five. But then he'd be sued by Wizards of the Coast. So anyway, what came of basically the creator of the hobby after this? Well, during the late 80s and early 90s, while Gygax and Lorraine dredged TSR into the ground, they've worked with special needs kids um, in, in schools in Minnesota, teaching the educational benefits of role-playing and polyhedral dice as maths teaching devices. Alongside this, he worked independently as a game designer and founded and dissolved a computer company. So computer stuff, basically. Nice. But ultimately, in the 90s, after hearing nothing back from his letters, he taught computer game... taught computer game rules and game design at the Full Sail University in Florida and retired in 2008 and died in 2009 after a two-year-long battle with cancer and he left the world in relative obscurity while Gygax became a celebrated hero and after his death his daughter Malia Malia said this she says, the biggest thing about my dad's world is that he wanted people to have fun in life. I think we get distracted by the everyday things you have to do in life, and we forget to enjoy life and have fun. But my dad never did. He just wanted people to have fun. And I think if there's ever a, sum- a sentence that summarises what makes the hobby special, it's that one. And I know we've yeah. been quite s- silly throughout this, but what you can see is that this is a man that was not business-minded, but he he was the ideas man he was good at creating fun and he was passionate about what he did but the unfortunate thing is when quote unquote the suits got involved it ruined it but somehow that didn't destroy his passion for the product where we always had it whereas Gygax supposedly started to hate it after a while so there we go he just wanted to collect the cash in it and be in future armour and that yeah it's interesting like um, because I suppose we've seen other people in this sort of light where uh, like uh, artists musicians and all that where they sell out you know we say like we like their music when they're younger and then they sell out and then their music turns shit that's kind of like well I mean a very good example about this is is uh, Blink 182 who are coming back apparently yeah, to- Tom's, um, Tom's coming back because the thing is when they were when they were just about making fun music right that's when they're at their best it was when they didn't give a shit but that was and then you remember the when they started 90s. making the serious stuff like Miss You who that- are you and I'm so sorry I cannot eat I cannot sleep tonight Miss You Miss You <laughs> <laughs> so but this is similar to that but I, I think it's commendable that he never lost his passion for it, even though his, yeah. email, like, his letters are fucking nuts. Um, the, you can see he was still the same guy after all those years and didn't let it batter him down. I would have just moved to another planet, probably, but there you go. I think it's um, it's a shame that, say, no one around him or he didn't have the foresight to try and get someone else to help him with that journey. Like, mm. he could have... Uh, you know, he's got Hit some, up one of the old TSR guys yeah. that he was mates with, or whatever. A PA, an editor, someone just to go over his letters before he sent them, <laughs> or someone to actually just be like, "Right, I'm really passionate about this. Can you but try and help me word it in me? a way?" Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. But yeah. He doesn't know any of that stuff, though. He probably didn't know to ask because he probably thought it was fine. Because that's yeah. you know, his he was just a guy, and then the D and D became too big do you know what I mean it's good to know that he was teaching the hobby still um, afterwards I know it's, in it's his own ways so cool it's ahead of its time what he was so uh, now now we know about the man are we sorry about saying that he was a drug addict and an alcoholic a little bit obviously yeah, yeah. sorry about that mate yeah. sorry about that mate it's alright it's only bants innit uh, but no we respect you man mad respect do, yeah. but also sort of like do we like Gary Gygax anymore? I don't know. I think I might hate him. I think I might hate him, yeah. Yeah, I kind of... I feel like Gygax sort of turned into a bit of a cunt. Yeah. 
Sounds like it. <laughs> but I think Dave has been become discussed more and more as the history of TSR is uncovered. But clearly, he's a man remembered and respected by a lot of people. But um, what's clear is that he deserved equal, if not more, credit for what he did to the hobby. Um, so, what are you going to do next? Are you going to make me hate Steve Jackson or or, <clears throat> or Sandy Peterson or something like that? Sandy Peterson. Um, he is one of the world's foremost rapists. That's oh. no, he's not. I don't. <laughs> I don't. That that was a joke, and nothing about that statement is true. But yeah, corporate greed. I really hate it. Uh, anyway, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Great <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Shadow Legends. Uh, okay. We we haven't been sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. We're not even good enough for them. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, right, should we do some electro letters? Yeah, please. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the electro letter. <laughs> Supporting every time. You think they are in size? What's that serious one they made that was good though? Where's a do 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 that one? What the fuck? It's about divorce, the parents divorcing and that. That was an indecision to divorce you! That was a that was a banging tune. Like that was the shit. Right, let's go. I have hit record. Shut up. Oh, baby on the podcast. How cute. On the podcast, on the podcast, baby on the podcast. Right, this is your electro letters. We're going to read your correspondence. Uh, the black man, he says, if you could create a social media space for tabletop RPGs, what would it contain aside from you yelling copyright? Don't know what that means. But yeah, social media space for RPGs, what would it contain? Go. No, it does know what it means because every time we talk about any product or anything that we think up, we go, oh yeah, copyright. Yeah, I know, but that'll be assumed. We're, our social media space will just have that on the screen at all times. So what I would do is I'd have like loads of cool sort of tabletop stuff, dice and that, um, that you could roll on the computer, and then I'd call wow. it Roll20. Roll 20. 20. Oh, okay, good. So, but Roll20 isn't perfect, but it is, it is pretty much fine. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's banging. But social um, media space, because Roll20 isn't... Well, it kind of is. Well, if the free t had a social media space, it would probably have a lot of dicks on there. Um, Judging by our Discord, yes. Yeah, and then it'll have just... It'll just be... I think it'll just be a pit of... Um, despair. Of, yeah, dis- despair. A cesspool of incest. Loads of GIFs. GIFs all over the place. Actually, yeah, just GIFs. Papa Roach plays as soon as you get on the website. Be like the old MySpace days. I think. Um, I think if I was going to do one, I'd just do Google Plus again because that was, for some reason, amazing. Yeah, yeah. To be to be fair, that had the best communities out there for period. for tabletop RPGs. Definitely, I loved it. Um, yeah, he he follows up with a uh, with a second question, and he says, uh, "How do you prefer your coffee, James? You like a breakfast coffee at any time of the day? What is a breakfast coffee? Cappuccino. Oh, I like. I just like black. That's a dessert coffee." 
Yes, it's dessert or breakfast. No, you get cappuccino when we go to Costa, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like coconut cappuccinos now. Yeah. Does your boyfriend like them too? Or? Yeah, yeah, Jerome. Good. Uh, yeah, black, like God intended, please. And I like a light roast, right? And here's why. People think uh, dark roasts are more caffeine, but they're not. That's dumb as fuck. But uh, light roasts have more flavour, in my opinion. I but like I do like a dark roast from time to time, but a light roast. I like dark because I, I like bit, medium, a bit of bitter. Medium yeah. roast you get from Central America, so something uh, from... Wisconsin. From Honduras or something like that. Honduras in Gu- Mexico, of course. Gu- Guatemala or... Uh, Guatemala maybe? in... Guatemala, of course. In Central America. Uh, oh, you mean the Americas? Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, I thought you meant the US of States. Or maybe a nice Colombian one. Uh, something sort of hazelnutty. And uh, I like it nice and black. Yes, good. Yeah, black. Third question. Uh, where do you place Freddie Mercury on your list of all-time great British vocalists? I mean, he's pretty high up, isn't he? Well, yeah, he is. He's yeah. an icon. But, for he's, uh, but he, as we all know, was Indian. So British vocalist. Oh, so uh, get out. Well, actually, no, to be fair, Indian. If we're talking only British. If we're talking the Raj days. Yeah. Then, then yeah, fine. But no, he was an amazing vocalist, obviously. He's like one of the best ever. And now, have you seen um, Queen is still touring? And we've got some cunt who wears fingerless gloves while he sings. It's not Queen, though, is it? You really? can't do that, though. It's so annoying. And they you did can't it. try and personify someone. You, you, you can. The essence of Queen is gone, really. He was the main one. Let's so be honest. Surely you, you immediately need. To, I mean, I'm not trying to diss what they're doing because there's people that probably still support. Yeah, the idiots. Rest of them, but um, they. I don't think they should try and be Freddie. But also, yeah, Brian May is a twat. So he sells himself he's out. A all the time, he's he is because you know like there's this whole thing like there's a meme that's like what wouldn't Snoop Dogg do for money because he will appear in anything. He appeared yeah, on he that Metallica. He don't even care though, does he? He, he does not give he a fuck. He was in Trailer Park Boys. He was in Trailer Park Boys. He's done songs with Psy. He was on uh, Rhythm and Flow. He, he'll do anything. But yeah. Brian May is essentially like that. I've seen him live more times than bands I like because he'll just make an appearance for, a, for also, an under quid also Brian May is like a massive gatekeeper of Queen's history he'll try and keep stuff secret so that absolutely apocryphal rubbish film uh, Bohemian Rhapsody um, he had a lot of control over that and there's it is one of the stupidest retellings of that history ever right because you think about it right Freddie Mercury was like quite a powerful cool individual right Mm. And uh, part of that was that he was a, a uh, he was a homosexual, but was, not a flailing was, Nancy. Do you know what I mean? Bi- he was bisexual, actually. No, he wasn't. Uh, he had one relationship with a woman, uh, and and they and oh, but, he realized but, it wasn't for him. Yeah. Okay. He was like, hang on a minute. The downstairs area is quite different to what I'm used to. <laughs> I prefer the other side. But in that film, right, they, they emphasise that because him and that lady, they ended up being mates, right? They emphasise that more than him being gay, which was like. Surely that was a part of why he's so iconic, because he was such a badass. Well, the thing was, he, 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 no, he just didn't care. Didn't ask, didn't care. That was kind of like his attitude. He, he was just like, well, I'm me, fuck you lot. But you should see, you should watch this fucking film. Like, the, the, and bear in mind, Brian May was like, he was like creative director of the film, and he just retold everything. But the, the funny thing is, like, it's so fucking cheesy, right? Like, obviously, it includes a section where a record exec is telling him, nah, this will never work. You're going nowhere with this stuff. And then they do anyway. And then there's a bit where the whole band are arguing, right? And the drummer just goes, dum, dum, ch, dum, dum, ch. 
and then they're like, wow, that, and then somebody starts doing the guitar, and then Freddie starts singing, and it's like, are you joking? And then there's a bit where they're coming up with Bohemian Rhapsody, right, the song, and um, he just keeps telling them, right, sing it higher, sing it higher, and it's like, but but it wouldn't be in tune. You would say, do one octave higher, or you know, do a harmony or whatever. It's just the most rubbish, stupid film I have ever seen. It is such a load of wank. And the the extent of Freddie Mercury being gay in that film is that at one point you see him give a sly look to um, a truck driver when they're in a uh, services. That's it. And it's like, it's implied that he has just been bummed. And also, like... He did a lot of drugs, right? So, so and that, that is also very much glossed over. There's one part where you see some cocaine on a table. But yeah. So Brian May like, didn't really like the fact that uh, Freddie Mercury was gay then? Really. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they did it to make it appeal to more people or something stupid like that. But also, Sasha Baron Cohen was set to play Freddie Mercury, which would have been a good fit, right? Mm. But um, he actually noped out of the film because Brian May made up so much of it. So, fuck Brian May. Freddie Mercury's awesome. Uh, that's the answer to that question. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, Kill Defences. He says, what's the most disappointment you've ever had in an RPG product you were looking forward to? Alton oh. Towers. Next. That's one for the office fans. <laughs> um, uh, Veins of the Earth was a big one for me. Um, it's because it cost me quite a lot of money, right? And it's a lamentation supplement that is very sought after because I had a short print run, and it's all about caves. It's quite good, uh, but the artwork is awful, and it's essentially like a bestiary with some random ways of generating caves. I thought you were going to bring up the um, bookmarks again. Yeah, but then I didn't pay 70 quid for them, Nick did. And actually, I wasn't disappointed. I found it hilarious because it was someone else. Oh, yeah, so it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a positive. But yeah, I, the thing is, um, that, that would probably be my big one. Sean, how about you? Uh, I don't really have many disappointments. I just know that things are shit. I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of Kickstarters, like the Savage... Um, some of the savage stuff, like the savage Tokusatsu stuff. Tokusatsu, like. yeah, that that was shit. The, art- the sad thing about that, right, is it was supposed to be like, you know, Power Rangers in Savage Worlds. The artwork did ruin it, and yes, I am shallow. The writing was terrible. Writing was bad. It was clearly written by people who had watched Power Rangers, but little else of the genre. Do you know what I mean? And um, at the end of the day, the cool thing about it was that the um, Kickstarter was run really well. They had all the product done, and then they essentially just, a couple of months later, I received it in, in, in my letterbox, right? And it fell very much flat after all the hype, didn't it? Yeah, because it, it was just naff. It was like, yeah, I don't know. And the artwork was, it was like Steven's Universe, like bad. Like, really, <laughs> it looked like a little kid's cartoon. And I know Power Rangers is for kids, but like... You know, like, the animation on, on Steven Universe is really good. Steven's Universe. Stop that. It's his universe, Sean. Yeah, it's his universe, but it's other people. No, I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, those, those would be mine. James, you don't really own that many, so I don't think you've had any that. You've only got good shit, thankfully. Yeah, I'm quite uh, a chad. Fortunate. Quite a chad. I think like one of the biggest disappointments was not finishing the Alien game, but uh, is that a product? We've got bad luck with Alien games, it seems, because first uh, it got cancelled <laughs> at UK Games Expo, then Nick only ran two episodes, and they were amazing, and we wanted more. And then it's like... He's like, he's noped out. He's like, peace out, guys. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, bye. See you later, mate. Give you a text later, innit? Never get the text. Never get the text. The Buttman, he says, All of the horrible, creepy, awful RPG people you've talked about are hanging from a cliff, about to fall. You can only save one. 
You have to save one. Who do you save? Porn, um, porn guy. Which one's porn guy? Oh, po- oh yeah, I would save porn guy. Yeah. What, what the monster one? No, no, a porn guy, as in the guy that sent porn to my wife. Oh, because yeah. I actually. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I actually met up with him afterwards. It'll be him. It'll be him. But then he wasn't because he's not nearly as bad as any of the others. But no. excluding him, I would say it's probably Arcadum. And the reason I say this is because he did the calculations, right? And he calculated that only seventeen point was it seventeen point five percent of his friends would remain his friends after he stopped his campaign. <laughs> but I would fuck with the stats by saving him. I'd be like, we're friends. About- and then he'd be like, oh my god, I was wrong. What about Grievous? Would you say Grievous? Uh, well, I don't think he's. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I called him Jeevis. But yeah, listen to the last episode. Yeah. Uh, no, I would not save him. Sorry. Maybe. But yeah, it would be Porn Guy or Arcadum, probably. Um, he also follows up by saying this is sort of a multi part question. It's already been well established that you all make excellent actual plays. What is something that you. Shut up. Sean! You are nothing to do with them. What. <laughs> and for good reason, I've made sure. <laughs> um, what is something that you wish you could do to enhance future actual plays and um, what do you think goes into making a successful actual play well fucking blood sweat wow. yeah a lot of work so I've been editing one for the last couple of weeks actually and uh, it's been very hard it's going to come out it'll, it'll come out but it's like 75% in the way there um, yeah so uh, it's anything uh, enhance I would <laughs> Well, I think it would just enhance uh, recording in general, just to have a, a dedicated setup which doesn't get touched. Do you know what I mean? Oh, sometimes, God, yeah. Sometimes, you know, we're only human and we kind of fuck up. Maybe don't click a button or click a button by accident or knock a thing or... Just checked. We're still recording. Yeah, good. See, that kind of stuff. So maybe we'd have a, a team behind us to handle all of the recording. That would be nice. Like hire a production studio. So we would just, we would just play the game and do the shit. I'd like a little Chinese kid um, who I don't pay very much to do the editing for me. Layla? <laughs> Your daughter is not Chinese. Well, I think I do have Chinese blood in me. What, did you eat one this morning? Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I think, I think yeah, proper production crew would be amazing. One of the things about um, actual plays is that I don't necessarily like to listen to them a second time because they're quite long, right? Um, so Adventure Zone is one that I really like and they released theirs in sort of a comic format that lets you re-experience it in a slightly different way which I really liked a That's comic would be really really good I've thought about doing a novelization of Dirt Boy Blues with some extra bits added in behind the scenes stuff but yeah I think I think production would be good I also think a comic would be good but we're not big enough to have that but if there are any comic book people who want to do free work for no money or fame Ah, uh, they'll get they'll get fame. They'll get free tea fame. Oh, yeah, they'll is, be no, they'll be known nothing. by literally twenty people. I so, mean, uh, being a master of uh, Photoshop, maybe I could do do like some fo- like a Photoshop comic for you. That is the worst idea. Well, we all just pose like with the characters. You just go out faces, our faces off of Facebook and shit. It will look like yeah, yeah, and then it'll be well, like stuck on fifteen, stuck on some like um uh cyberpunk artwork for Dirt Boy Blues or something. Yeah, fucking hell. But yeah, what goes into making a successful actual play? I think it's a unique angle, right? That yeah. that to me is is one of the biggest things. Like obviously we know just plonking a microphone down on your table games is not a good idea. A unique angle, yes, but also um it is is the gold dust the dynamic you've got to have a good relationship with the people that you're playing with or at least you've got to have a good radio relationship well because I think yeah because I think yours Nick's dynamic as your characters is so perfect well we we've always um, and this is 
we've only really done this behind closed doors, but we've we like to we feel like when we do the actual plays, every time we do it, it'll be like that was gold. You know, we're always quite pleased with how it's turned out because there's a zone we fall into. And you bring you bring your A game, like, yeah. and you really get into it. I think I think so. Yeah, like getting into it is obviously a big thing, but like like and having that buy-in and really giving it your all but like a unique angle as well i mean adventure zone for example was just the whole thing was that they were playing his three brothers playing with their dad and then it yeah. became something more you know yeah but you've got to have that good mix you know like um i don't think it just has to be all the characters i think you have to have a little bit of table bants in there and you guys do that yeah we've well. we've added it in a bit more nowadays but yeah, yeah. i i agree but also i think um knowing the line of what what constitutes entertainment out of the table bands yeah, is very diffi- important it's difficult but i um, think you guys do a good job um thanks, on mate. That. thanks. and um i think uh listening back to your actual plays as well it really helps when you um have an exciting sort of story throughout but then also the super likable characters help as well i think dirt by blues was the perfect mix of all of this i think really because you had something really the stakes are really high all the time you felt like you could die at any time that's what it's very much true actually um but yeah (laughs) based on real life that's right hashtag but um yeah i mean like and a good example as well is um what's it called here come the crows the crow men the Uh, upstart crow sounds like crows sounds like crows is a deadlands podcast and it's really it's a unique angle is that he's the way he describes each thing as a camera shot and they play it scene by scene and uh, they there's a lot of downtime where their characters talk and i'm not talking like critical role i mean it's like it's the quieter moments of the campaign that, that define it and they do talk about what's going on as opposed to just talking about their literal backstories do you know what I mean and they've, mm. he does the horror really well too but there's another one I heard of but I've never listened to where it's a, um, a D&D actual play podcast but it's all bards and they're like a band so really? that's, yeah that's a cool unique angle and like, <laughs> yeah um, and I want to shout out there's a podcast called Going Mainstream and it's a cyberpunk one and in some respects it's a little bit similar to the way we do it it's, it? it's got music and it's edited and they're they're very very good especially there's this uh can't remember what class he is but there's a guy in it that's like a hobo lives in a bin and uh he's really sick but yeah it's a very good series going mainstream but yeah that's what goes into making a successful ip mate um have a unique angle have people to uh, and, and really focus on it because and sure, be us but yeah that helps because <laughs> we are um Kings. fucking awesome no, that we can't. I'm believing that. Sure, but Sean, um, you mentioned recently that with your next campaign, because they're very good, obviously, they're very awesome. Oh, no, thanks. I you wanted to, um, you wanted to record them. Yeah. And then that all fell apart because I said you can't have snacks there. No, but no, but I, no, I will. I will. But no, you can't have snacks. No, but we will have snacks. But you guys have to. Like not eat when you're just talking. That's it. I can. I don't mind it. But sure. Yeah. But no. But think, no. Sean. 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 A weekly game. No. We can't guys, restrict. Don't. An actual play recording. We can what, restrict. No. Like my dreams are happening, mate. Look, us guys are cool, right? Like my my shit. No, but no. Look, we'll, we'll no. Look, listen, start. listen. Let we me tell. Start. Let me tell you an anecdote about why this won't work, right? Because ages ago, when Gary, uh, friend of the show, Gary, he gifted us Dark Hold, right? And we played a session, and I said uh, he he sent it to us on the on the condition that we record it and he can listen to it, right? We did, right? 
And the thing is, when you weren't talking, you were reaching, grabbing a crisp, and then it was like, can't help myself. Yeah, I won't do that. I won't do that. But but what, but it's but, our weekly game. We're not going to be able to eat snacks anymore. I um, no, we will be able to. Wait, no, we, how? Can I just interject, right? I need because to. no, 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 no. It's a good idea. Yeah. But I, it would have to be separate from the weekly game. Yeah, definitely. Because it can't, like, it can't be because the energy we bring to that game. No, but no, but it has to be right. Look, so <laughs> we're talking about the actual play and what what makes a good one. Blood, sweat, and tears. So Harrison pours so much effort into it, and then we do at the table, and That's we I'm do like enjoy it. Game, but you we, get that with your games. You know, we all consider the actual play work because we're working because we're to doing, an extent. It's it's difficult. Whereas our weekly game is not work. It is it's enjoyment. It is fun. <laughs> no, we get to relax. We're not suggesting that it is going to be work, no, but we're saying no, with the actual plays, we have to concentrate very hard to oh, make them enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So at, if which I'm, we don't I'm up do. for doing an actual play of your design, and and if you want to take charge of it, but I don't. I it would be hard it, it to could do not on be a weekly, weekly table unless you had, unless we each had individual mics. Um, Cadenza mics. Yeah, like clipped to us. Yeah. And then uh, they got recorded separately and then everyone... Um, you, you got it edited out, so you will hear the hush, 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 but you have to cut all that. Yeah, out. you'd have to you'd have to have four audio channels Look, you know and edit like, out the. Hush, hush. I'm the man who like, <laughs> is willing to like. I I, I all right. I, so I, I, wait, wait. wait. After. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna just say no. We'll yeah. give it a go, but then I think I think we'll give it a you will run, see and then that it's fucking hard. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You'll see that editing out everyone's crisp sounds is gonna. <laughs> we can't fucking. We don't we even have not. snacks during our ones. And the amount of times I have to like edit out somebody sneezing or farting or or, or just going, <clears throat> yeah, that might like give this to a wider audience. I don't think, to be honest. But the thing is, that we type of thinking is what everyone feels. I, <laughs> I, I, I reckon our games are very good and very entertaining. But do you think somebody else is going to think that? No, now I, I think, uh, I think possibly, think that this possibly is entertaining. No, like, they don't. That's I, the trouble. That's Nobody just, thinks this podcast is well, entertaining. They actually all hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just tell me this, right? I'll just, yeah. uh, just one question. So, let's say, for example, we sit down, we play. You put a microphone down, and uh, let's just say, let's just take it as a given that it's going to be sick, and everyone will be entertained by it. What, what are you going to do about the snack noises? About after, the toilet trips? After I did it out, and I'll, I have to also be careful when I eat. <laughs> oh, you see, see, you were talking no, then, just... right? And then I made a crisp noise, so you can't edit that out because the audio of you talking is not clean. Do you see oh, what yeah, I mean? So that would mean everyone would have to be silent every five minutes people... to take a, like a ten-second crisp break. And people were, like talking over me, just in, like in real life, so people get that sort of. But that's what I'm saying. If somebody eats a crisp at the same time as somebody else is talking, how can you edit that out? All right, all right, no, I'm gonna to have to give it some thought. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, like I said, we 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 will trial run it, but you know, like thanks. We that, in general, we will walk to say put something in the bin or go get a snack or go to the fridge and do like that. But we'll fat, be talking at the same time, um, and so that won't get picked up by the mic that's on the table, right? Oh, yeah, that's the tr- that's the trouble. <laughs> that's the trouble. <laughs> Like, cause it's it's like obviously we're very much into your story and uh, and world and absolutely love it, right? It but would it, be nice for other people to. But the thing hear is, it. is that it's a it's a chill thing. Like we vape at the table, we drink, we eat. You know, it's it's like. It's, so I think well, part part of what's gonna make it, I think, as well. So it'd be, it's, it'd be like you want it to be like the ca- <laughs> the casual like. <laughs> this is a window into this game. 
Yeah, not only that, but we will have parts. It'll naturally be there'll naturally be a good balance of table and and character. Thing. All right, well we'll, well, give, we'll, we'll give it a go. We're definitely going to give. I it tell a you go. what, we'll tell you what. Let's, we'll do a trial run, and you can release it on this channel, and then people can see what they think of it. All right, yeah. Th- thanks. You could do a one shot. Actually, actually, I do appreciate that. That's, That's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, but just bear in mind. I'm going to eat so it's many. Gonna be f- I'm, gonna, I'm going loud food only. Oh, going Pringles. No, that's what you got to do. Get James, soft food. Thick crips. James, thick. James is bringing those posh Pringles that he brings every time. Yep. Which ones are them? Um, <laughs> like the sour cream ones or like, you know. Oh, yeah. The w- weird ones. Yeah. yeah we have good. got quite a few more questions. So I think oh, we're yeah, going to do. But yeah, we'll, let, we'll, we'll release one on here. If it's rubbish and it kills the podcast, we kill you. Okay. That's fair. All right, uh, Jay Cobbers. He says, as we get more D and D one playtests, that's a new D and D edition. It's come out. It's not technically a new edition. Releases. Do you guys guys plan to give any commentary, or shall we nominate it right now for worst product of the year in the People's Choice Awards? You can absolutely nominate it for for worst uh, product of the year. I haven't read anything about it, or at least I've read very little. I know that monsters can't crit anymore and shit like this. Uh, natural ones don't count as crit failures as long as you still. Yeah, but that's the point Ooh. in it that's like oh love me fun. help me yeah it's rubbish um but yeah we probably won't i mean everyone's everyone's talking about it at some point i mean i'm i'm sure that we'll give give it a go oh, at some point in the future but you know there's so many channels out there giving their their two cents on it um so even, even like video game places are talking about it so. yeah they are moonbeam he says what's a movie book or tv show that everyone else seems to love but which you absolutely hate please phrase your answer in such a way as to upset the maximum possible number of nerds and i've got a good answer for this and i've also got an upsetting way to put it star wars are kids films <laughs> thank you yeah but they are based on kids films so you're you're you are what do you right. mean they're based on them well, they're based on. Uh, well, actually, I mean, one of the ki- uh, films it's based on, uh, or inspired by, it, is Wizard of Oz, which is a kids' film. And uh, seven you take ta- that back. Seven Samurai. <laughs> um, seven. It's not fucking inspired by Seven Samurai, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. What the fuck? That's Wait. why. They, that's why they wear all the clothes and that. The the Jedi's. Kurosawa. Yes. Um. Yeah, but Star Wars is shit. Like it is well shit. Empire Strikes Back was good. That's about it. Sorry, yep. guys. Yep. Fact. I liked it when I was seven. Collected all the X-wing things. But now I'm an adult man. And to be honest, right? Fucking Rogue of Space. Remember that thing? That story we read out once. It was like had a character called Jay Wallow in it. Like that's pure Star Wars. Did you know that? Like just to just to demonstrate how bad a fucking writer um, George Lucas is. Did you know that um, uh, Luke Skywalker's name was originally Luke Star Destroyer or something like this, right? Which so the ending was already told within his name. And Darth Vader was originally Darth Insidious. So that did actually come back around to their being Darth Insidious. Yeah, and they're Darth Evilus as well. So you know they are shit. Uh, But Knights of the Old Republic. Great game. Great game. Great game. Should have had Darth Evilus in it though. Um, so yeah, Star Wars is a bit shit. So James, a book, movie, or TV show which everyone else seems to love but you hate. Um, um, don't know, mate. Don't know. You like everything though, don't you? Really? I'm a bit of an everything guy. No, 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 not completely. There must be something you hate that people love. What about like a band or something like this? Oh, Blink One Eight Two. No, mate. <laughs> like a Nickelback, they're part of shit. Yeah, but that's not an unpopular opinion. 
Uh, that's it. It's like that's someone else. Everyone else seems Kings to of love. Leon. They're a pile of shit. Yeah, there we go. It's funny because when Kings of Leon hit big, and they had a couple of tunes that came out, and everyone liked them, like that one. Um, everyone forgot the last album. It's like listen to that. You'll be convinced that they fucking suck. Remember that song? How does it go, James? Um, do 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 do. Kings of Leon. No, it was the oh, one. Um, Eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> What yeah, a stupid song. And then they changed the song. Well, this team is going to be around. I hate that band so much. But yeah, yeah, people love them. They suck. Sean, how about you? Well, something that everyone else loves, but you seem to hate. Uh, and you have to phrase it in a way that upsets people. Uh, I would say that a TV show that I hate is that bloody Love Island. It's gotten bad, though, yeah. in recent years. The last good one was the was the uh, the Aussie one. But when they... So for those that don't know, Love Island is a show where people go to an island and get paired off in couples and get voted out and shit. And but, the, but the thing is, back when it was good was when they allowed them to have loads and loads of booze and people would fight and people would have huge arguments. And it was great. But then as they... Now they limit it to two drinks per night per person. Usually, when they're drinking champagne, they're not even actually drinking champagne. Nope. It's all it's all become fake, and it's all very prescriptive now, which is which is a shame because there supposedly there was a there was a guy in it that had an Afro samurai tattoo, oh, and they were talking about it, nice. and then uh, somebody came through on a speaker and said, "Stop talking about anime," and they're only allowed to talk about love, so it sort of ruined the show. Is what? Is that why they go so mad at the end of it then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they they own, they're only allowed to talk about those things while they're in there. Uh, they get one day off a week. They also yeah, it's like loads of weird things. But some guy got um, the last good series I would say there was a guy that got uh, sacked off of it for saying cunt punt. Oh, I've just I just figured out one thing that I don't really like. Well, at least I just didn't get it. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Ah, oh. yeah, see. that's like one of my favourite films. Yeah, I just, but you have to really like film. Like really, really, really be into films. Like yeah, especially classic stuff. And fortunately, because of our dad, we sort of we've watched and and our mum, we've watched a lot of really old films. Just loads of like really super specific nods to loads of things. So if you don't like it, that's actually a bit understandable. But it took. I didn't like it on the first watch, but the second <clears> I, you know, noticed a bit more of it. But yeah, yeah. Um, you have to feel. Also, here's my last one. Uh, the. Uh, "Quote unquote American remake of Ghost in the Shell is better than the original anime." That's fucked up. That's. <clears throat> um, I tell you what. I'm no, gonna... I, the, the comic is my favorite iteration of it. I but think... the but the American film, which was actually co-made with a Japanese studio with a lot of Japanese writers, um, was the was way better than the original they anime. Did a, they did a fantastic the um, was version of telling the story. Uh, Scarlet and it made Johansson. it appeal to more people but the thing is they, they casted her perfectly I yeah she not. was absolutely perfect because what no, you have to remember fit, yeah. it's yeah. it's a um, this is like a, in, in Japan it's like an, a, a sort of anti-separatist propaganda right because there's per- people in Japan that worry that the future of Japan is going to be multicultural right it's just a thing there's a, there's a lot of sort of very ingrained racism so the idea that the perfect robot was made and it was from a Japanese person. Her her um, personality was from a Japanese person, right? 
but it was put into an English westernized looking body. It's not because the film's being whitewashed. It's because it's one of the fucking themes of the film yeah, yeah, about yeah. whitewashing of culture in Japan. Yeah, it's that's what people don't get about it. And fucking the Toho company helped make it. So it's like, yeah. how is it? How is it whitewashing? How is it westernized? This is this is well, about this, Jap- Japan well, specifically. I wouldn't say that. I mean, people who haven't watched it would say that, though, wouldn't they? Exactly. <laughs> that's the problem, right? Well, um, we should probably like talk about how much we all hate Marvel movies and stuff. James it? likes them. Uh, they're entertaining because it's just mind-numbing action. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, that's, I, that's, I don't... Uh, I don't... I'm not one of these people that get real deep in the lore and all that. Oh, Marvel, Marvel! Like, I, I haven't watched any of the series because fuck that. But um, um, but at the end of the day, I, I, I don't begrudge anyone who likes them. But I also do think that it, they've become the alternative to the summer blockbuster. I miss you, miss you know like like normal action films like yeah you know like you would go and see a trashy action movie well, like in the Crank. cinema like Crank that was that spectacular like sixteen blocks with Bruce Willis that nobody fucking remembers. I mean that was a good one like but yeah I, I that's that's my that's my biggest gripe with the Marvel films and I just don't like superhero stuff so it's annoying that it's become such a big deal. But you still have to watch the boys. Oh yeah, I mean, you actually, do. actually, actually the, I did. I watched half an episode. But, uh, it's not enough. But, I know. But you see, like, that's the thing where they make it look like Marvel and it's like a commentary and you need to watch it. But don't go in watching it thinking, oh, I'm going to watch some superhero shit. It's like a drama. But the main character is just a superhero, though. N- no. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe I'll watch the rest of that episode. You do it. The trouble is, I sat down to watch it and so then good. I got bored and it's then like, played Xenoblade. It's like Gear Solid 2 of, of TV shows. Man. Oh, that is a bold claim. Anyway, right, we better move on. Um, Omega Philip. He says, even though the group plays many different game systems, you always seem to come back to DCC. What about is this game appeals to you so much and your mates? Well, I actually think um, the reason it's DCC is because it's at least the way it revolves around us. What's that? Oh, it's a scheduled restart for some reason. Oh, that's getting <laughs> Same here, man. Um, I think the way that uh, we always come back to DCC um, and perhaps the way the reason you think that is because um, that was our first actual play and it's one that we're so used to in that regard that we circle back to it because it's perfect for what we do yeah because it's because the rules are simple and there's a lot of room to judge quote unquote DM the game diff, uh, in and make you know um, more intuitive decisions with rules because that's part of it and we know it and like, we haven't we haven't played it as a weekly table game in ages no long time yeah but but it's because I always know that we will come back to it for the actual plays because I yeah. like it a lot and it's it's the simplicity but it's also the tables and the randomness and things like this with magic because that really it constantly keeps it fresh yes exactly because it's not just the same shit again and again and again where i'm not saying that there's that's a fault with our systems but it could feel like that in an actual play dynamic well i mean geared it up for and when we did dirt boy blues although that doesn't have magic in it we still had those random tables for the hacking and all of this stuff which was a hell of a lot of fun and Mm. i think that it never gets boring is a big part of it um, but yeah Sean what were you going to say no I think the thing that appeals to me about DCC is the fact that I play it once every five years I think uh, yeah you should you, <laughs> you should start an actual play podcast Thanks. maybe I'll do a campaign of it next or something uh, because that would be nice oh yeah yeah. I That'd mean the, the one shots I've played of yours like well well we've played like miniature adventures we, yeah. had the, we had the coffin one uh, yeah we should just play you should just do a full one for us I think yeah that'd be, yeah that would be nice <laughs> 
yeah, but that's that's it. Um, Owen, the cuck magician, he says several of your campaigns have ended. That's his name on the Discord, Sean. Sorry. <laughs> several of your campaigns have ended in TPKs and other failures. Sorry. <laughs> Yet yeah, your group sets seem to not only be okay with this, but embrace it. How do you ensure these types of endings aren't full of disappointment? And the answer is you can't. They are full of disappointment. No, they actually are. Like we said, so we, we, we contemplated. Well, we spoke about it on one of our last podcasts, saying that we think if, thought if any of our characters died in Sean's campaign, we'd just end it because they're too good and we're too integral. Fortunately, to a degree, the uh, main guy at the top of the the trio is still around and therefore we've got a reason to carry on we've got a reason but i do feel like um storyline wise if he died it probably would have gone in the bin or as sean said completely changed and gone post-apocalyptic yeah exactly um and i think part of embracing it is is like seeing it as a part of the story right because when we've had tpks it is it has given us an ending of sorts right yeah. however abrupt they are they can be amusing like the sheer disappointment and sadness well, is it can also be amusing because it's like a shrug yeah exactly but it's like <laughs> even that is a story do you know what i mean yeah. like and we tpk'd in fallout came back with a whole new group of characters tpk'd again <laughs> but, but i mean i wouldn't want to have a game with no challenge where like the characters no they the the but TPKs in your games as much as we talk about them they happen more often than any other GM I know but they're not that frequent we play full length no. campaigns oh no before. I'm just saying like um no I'm just uh, I'm not saying that I'm just saying like um because uh, he said how do you deal with them um no he said how how do you ensure these types of endings aren't full of disappointment oh they they are but like the challenge <laughs> is also not disappointing exactly and we know that you run a harsh game so when it comes down to when we win well, yeah. it feels so much more it's, it's, like yeah. there's been times in this campaign where we have steamrolled your enemies because of good playing good plans because yeah, we, we, we always we're always on edge in some like in, if there's a fresh gem at the table we won't know how to act and then we won't know whether or not we need to plan so we could get caught off guard but we're so used to sean's um gm in ways that we know all right literally anything can happen like we always bring up the bunny story but um you know everything could like push us off of our stride so we need to plan well and, and have, we, like, we things up our sleeve we play like we're on edge the whole time so it's like you're you're exactly right we we know that we have to play a certain way and when we beat sean and that's you know the relationship of the the gym well, it's and just the players, because, like, yeah <laughs> it's, it, it, sean always phrases it in that way because he's never changed ever since he ran us through the D uh, board game what i like yeah exactly what i like as well is when um <laughs> Sean, Sean rolls, right? And in, in Savage Worlds, a dice, when it explodes, it means you roll a, the highest number on the dice, so you get to roll it again and add it to the total, right? And um, whenever uh, like something bad's happened, you always see Sean behind the screen, he'll roll some dice and go, oh no! <laughs> he, he, Sean has, has not got a poker face, so it's, it is quite entertaining for that. Whereas, say, Harrison um, does, and he'll sort of like roll and then say he's exploding. We can hear the rolls, but his face is deadpan. He's <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, so, um, all right, cool, that's like 84 damage, yeah, cool. And then Sean's just like, oh, no! Yeah, or it's either that or he goes, no! <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, they're always going to be disappointing, but you have to remember they are still amusing and they are still a part of the game so. as long as um, yeah. I, and I don't think any of us have really done it or at least we haven't let our emotions get carried, uh, carry us away 
but we don't rage quit in those situations. No. We may need to take like a genuine five minute break at that point, but then we come back to be like, right, now how's the story going going to evolve? So I did Roy Mustang no part when stop mentioning full metal alchemist this is not an anime podcast in fact we hate anime on this podcast that's terrible what are you (laughs) gonna hate next ice cream anime is not as good as ice cream um uh jay cobbers he says uh if you had to each play a disney villain who would it be what class and in what rpg rule set now let's get through this one quickly uh, I hate Disney. Oh yeah, I hate Jafar. Disney. I forgot. I got a good yeah Disney. That's another one I, I fucking Jafar. hate. Because he he was a wizard for a bit, innit? Yeah, and rules set. Well, he turned into a genie actually, so he'd be fucking sick, mate. DCC. Um, um I'd, I'd be Walt Disney. Kidnapped. Oh, I was gonna make that same joke. Kidnap some <laughs> That's children, the real villain. <laughs> made them my, made them my workers. Um, take people's ideas and sort of like act like they're my well, own. I, I would I would be yeah I'd be Walt like, Disney. Take all of the players' ideas, pretend I made them up, right? And then I would also play uh, the system I would use to be that white supremacy RPG. Look at the history, ladies and gentlemen. He's a racist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And then also, you know, like the, the stealing of public domain ideas and then copyright. Well, it's not stealing it. it oh, yeah, that is stealing it, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? And with the Alice in Wonderland Disney version, that uh, the, the um, Alice is, um, Lewis Carroll's uh, family tried to stop him from putting it out. Once it was made, they got a first screening of it, and they said they'll give all the money back if they just don't put it out. Oh. Yeah, they got Black Ariel, so it's all, it's all sorted. Everything. I love the memes that have come out of that where people <laughs> Ariana Grande started out looking like Ariel from the Mermaid. Now she looks like Ariel from the Mermaid. Well, there was one where they're, they're, people are doing people are doing um, per, uh, like like posters of memes where where they, they, they they've been racially swapped. And there was one with, called Tom Hanks is the last N word on earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, <Christ. laughs> what was that other one as well? It's like hey, Sean, you you found one. It was like I ain't finna I ain't finna die or something like this. And it was like it was yeah, more Chris Freeman, Pratt, Chris Pratt was uh, Rosa oh, yeah. Parks. So. Yeah, Rosa Parks. That was it. I ain't finna move the back to the back of the bus. Yeah, was, that's so good. There was one as well with some albinos, like, and it was oh God, fuck, it's so good. Um, all right, well, we've got one last question. Uh, in fact, we got two, but we're gonna have to cut it short. Lassie, he comes in with a question. He just says one question: legalize it. I think he's uh, talking about marijuana. Wait, what? No, he's not. He's not actually. He said it. He, so what is it? Like cousin it from the Adams. I think he's talking about weed, right? Because cousin it from the Adams family and the film it or the book it are already legal. So what do you reckon, Sean? Legalize weed? You don't ever smoke it, so. Well, I mean, I'd I'd say that you you probably like have to to lower crime because then it would stop criminals from selling it. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> they would just sell something else. Yeah, like skooma or something, innit? We'd but, have more, yeah, we'd have nice better drugs on the streets. But I'd, I'd probably say for the people with Parkinson's and stuff like that, probably yeah, definitely. Man. For the medicinal benefits, I think it would be worth exploring that avenue. Yes, but for the recreational side of it, it would be really hard to put a lid on. Ah, but in America, you do have to have a medical thing to get it. It's yeah, very strict. You can't just go to any doctor and ask for a medical. Oh wait, you, you can. can. Wait a minute. Wait, like, you can. Just tell them you have glaucoma and stuff, and then. Fucking, I'm not gonna. Men- I'm not gonna mention his name, right? But glaucoma, right, often leads to blindness, and that is one of the only things for which that in Parkinson's to, you can get legal weed in this country for, right? And I know somebody 
and you know him as well, who once said he was going to try and contract glaucoma to get medical weed. And he really meant it. It's really messed up. I mean, I have, I, I, I actually have a history of it, and so do you. But no, I don't. What in the family? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, I, in the family. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. That's a bit scary. Hope you're right. No, I hope we get some free weed. <laughs> <laughs> I do not smoke weed, by the way. But that's not even a joke. Sure, neither do you, right? That is a joke. No, that's terrible. But um, also, <laughs> do 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 legalize it. But also, it would be quite difficult, as James said. Um, to, to, I'm sure, to look, do so, I'm sure like, there's been research, you know, by the masses, you know, like how, how it would uh, improve the economy of the country and all that stuff. And yeah, that is a fact. But but as a non-weed smoker, me and you, James, yeah. weed smokers are fucking annoying. And yeah, I would no, hate for there to be more. It's, yeah. not, it's not black and white. Stop annoying me, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really black and white, because I do agree with that. Some people have it as their whole, whole personality, but then like I like coffee. It's not my whole personality. It's, yeah, it is stupid. Well, I look at you and just look like a bean, mate. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, Stop that. Don't do no, that. No, but coffee is your whole but personality, because growing up as a young black man, <laughs> the last <laughs> N-word on earth. Enjoy it like you do with other things. Um, I don't enjoy absolutely anything. But I mean, yeah, I suppose same. nerds like I suppose shows I like is my personality. So yeah, you're just a weeb. <laughs> yeah, you watch a lot of Trailer Park Boys, don't you? <laughs> Fuck off, Lee. Brilliant. Right, that is it. We'll go to the outro. <laughs> you are the jerk. Hey, shut your mouth. Don't shout. I fuck you right here, motherfucker! Right. You don't know me! Don't motherfucker try to be smart ass! I fuck you right here! Motherfucker! I'm going to pay you $50! You're motherfucker, you are! You are smack yourself! Fuck you! Fuck yourself! 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 I'm definitely cutting that. That cringed the fuck out of me. Right, so thank you for listening to this episode. Dave Onison, respect. Everyone yeah. uh, left a question. Respect. Uh, that tr- trumpeteer that we hired. Respect. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you want to email us, 3tipgpod at gmail.com. Of course, uh, the Discord server will be in the link. Join that. There's a lot of cool people in there and a lot of... Uh, not so cool people do some patron stuff you yeah know. go to patreon search up 3t rpg podcast and donate because we will stop um yeah. i hope this podcast made your day a little better a little better it did, that's it did, quite sweet it did mine so. that's nice yeah and we, also um these mics aren't anything on we just got you out to cheer you up yeah we're just pretending <laughs> you're never going to hear this because we haven't recorded it no uh but just before we do sign off uh dtrpg check out some published goods that's right we got some joke products on there some not uh if you want to support the show but don't want to donate monthly just go and buy a product mate don't get that saga of the goblin horde one that's free like everyone keeps doing annoying the shit out of me buy one of the ones buy the more expensive one Although, uh, buy don't at full price because it's <laughs> six, <laughs> six thousand quid buy a dcc storage box now do, do not buy that unless we make one yeah bye everyone uh well i've been harrison hunt i've been james clark and i've been sean the hunt and remember that d20s are cool but legalizing weed now that's a good time oh, yeah. <laughs>